Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome back to the NRL Show, Episode 5. And as always, I'm your host, uh, Dan Frost, and joined by the best panel in the business. Uh, Tonight, I've got Alex. We welcome back Pierre. No Stacey tonight, but she'll be back. Alex, let's let's jump straight into it. Just something a little bit different. We thought we'd throw out some hot takes after, you know, the the NRL season starting to heat up. What have you got for us straight off the top? Uh, Trent Robinson getting coach of the year. I think with the, all the injuries that the Roosters have um, suffered this season and how he's been able to keep you know them in fine form and still playing strength to strength, you know, is a testament to his coaching. Yeah, no, like, that's definitely a bold one, you know, given the uh, the hot season of you know uh, Craig Bellamy with the Storm and uh, uh, yeah, and, and the job that Desi Hasler is doing. But um, you know, I can't can't um, can't disagree there. He's certainly done a great job there. Pierre, same question to you. Um, have you got a bit of a hot take for us straight off the top? I think um, Tom Trebovich is having his best season yet. Um, to date, I think currently he's playing tremendously and he's um, having um, a baller of a season. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's uh, that's definitely one to uh, yeah one to call out and arguably one of the one of the best seasons to date of any player. He's um, yes, yeah, doing definitely some, doing some doing some crazy things uh, down there for Manly. And look for me, um, you know, staying with with the Manly uh, theme. And I hate to say this as a night supporter, but uh, my learnings from uh, from the previous round is that Manly final that's my hot take um I, I think they should have taken a lot of uh yeah a lot of confidence out of that loss to the storm. all right guys well let's jump into our first segment now the huddle and for our new listeners uh the huddle is where we take a deep dive into a particular team and this week we're going to focus on a side that came into the season with plenty of hype but i guess the question is have they lived up to it Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We're a different footy team, and we've got a point of difference about us. Well, this is the biggest moment in several of these players' football lives. Champion players, champion club. I want to be king in your story. I want to know. Yeah, that's right. And this week on the huddle, we're going to be focusing on the Gold Coast Titans. Alex, I'm going to start with you. Um, it's always a little bit risky when a team wins the preseason, but the Gold Coast were definitely in that space, off the back of two big signings. Um, what's your thoughts on their season so far in season 2021? Oh, I think they're doing well. I think they're coming in, you know, on strength to strength. They've had players that have been clutch off the bench for them that have come in and been able to play strong. Quite an interesting season for the Gold Coast. Obviously, with Justin Holbrook coming in, he certainly does appear to be you know, a talented coach and, and one that's, you know, looking to, to take the Titans, uh, you know, into semifinals football. I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but but I think one of the things that stands out with the Gold Coast Titans is they, I think they have established quite a, a talented outside backs. If we take a bit of a look at it, so we've got Greg Mar- Marshu, who's, um, you know, that big, booming, uh, you know, Kiwi winger there. Um, then we've got Brian Kelly in the centres, Patrick Herbert, who I thought was a really smart recruit from the New Zealand Warriors. And then, uh, Alex, what about Corey Thompson? You know, he's clearly one of the uh, fan favourites from a Titans perspective, but he's certainly a player that you can get behind. You know, not the biggest guy, but, you know, if he hadn't have got injured, he was probably looking at a Queensland Origin jersey this year. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. And I think that that injury was 
was sad to see. He's definitely a player that's consistent on offense and defense. So it's it was it was a shame to see him see him go down with that injury. Yeah, you know, I, I guess a lot of coaches and a lot of scouts are looking for the biggest, baddest athletes out there. But then you look at a guy like Corey Thompson, who you know he's probably one of the smallest players on the field, but he is he is such a dynamic footballer. You know, what's your thoughts on on Corey's season so far, and do you see him as the long term winger there at the Titans? Yeah, look, I think he's got a lot of potential to give. I mean, size doesn't mean anything in any game. I, I believe in that, and I think he's really um, stepped up to the plate to own his position as a winger. And I think he, with the seasons to come, I think he'll just gradually grow. Alex, another player that I just wanted to call out quickly was AJ Brimson. He was coming into the season as, you know, one of the, you know, one of the game's sort of top prospects in the outside backs. But, you know, just with injuries and a few different things, I just kind of feel like he hasn't quite hit his straps this year. You know, he certainly hasn't been able to, I guess, put himself in the class of those top fullbacks, you know, like James Tedesco and Tom Travojevic. What's your thoughts on AJ's season so far? Yeah, I think he's had a bit of a, you know, again, hasn't probably had a stellar season, I think, for the Titans. You know, he's been inconsistent. You know, he scored a couple of times in a handful of games, but, you know, there's really no kind of consistency throughout either his offense or defense. But, yeah, I don't think this was his best season. As we can when we look at this Gold Coast side, you know, they've been quite inconsistent. Um and if I look at their roster, one of the things that stands out is is their halves. Um, they've had you know quite a few different combinations, and it still doesn't quite look settled for next year. It does it does appear that Ash Taylor will move on next year. Um, they've re-signed Jamal Fogarty, their captain, for next season, so it does appear that he'll get one of the spots. Who do you think should partner Jamal next year in the halves? Would you be would you be going with this young Toby Sexton, who does look to be you know quite a successful young junior? Or, you know, potentially they're, they're signing that young Kiwi half, Paul Turner. Who would you have partner um, Jamal next year? Um, I'm going to go for Toby Sexton only because he's stepped into the role for Fogarty anyway while he was injured. And I think um, giving him that experience so far has allowed him to kind of get a taste of what, what's to come. Um and I think next year, if that's who they're going to go with, I think that'll be, um, I think just based on seeing him in the last couple of games, I think it'll be something that they should really invest in just because he's been there, he's picked up the, he's filled the gap. And I and I, I really do think he's going to do well next year. Just got to give him a bit more time. Alex, one of the things that we've spoken about quite a lot about when you look at these halves is that, there is just so much pressure on coaches to keep their jobs, be successful, play finals football that, you know, each and every year you see sort of more the the, the experienced veteran halves move around different clubs. You know, it's quite rare to see a club invest in a young half these days because there's just so much pressure on the club. Do you agree with Pierre? You know, should the Titans go out and, and sign a, you know, a, a big-time playmaker? Or, or do you think that, you know, Justin's the coach to sort of bring bring through a younger junior player in Toby? Oh, I think it'd be great to see him bring it through a young player like Toby. Um, I think then you can kind of really build that structure and that pairing. Um, when you're constantly changing, you know, uh, half of that pairing in and out with somebody new, somebody new to the club, it takes them a while to kind of, feed in or get the groove. So when you have a young player that you can kind of build, who kind of knows, you know, how the coach wants them to play, how the coach wants the team to play, then it kind of makes that 
that pairing kind of seamless. Yeah, I have to agree with Alex there. You know, it's just so important that the Titans next year, if, if they want to, you know, be a top four team or take that next step, they've really got to try and cement their spine. So, you know, um, you know, regardless of who the player is, that their partner's Jamal, they, they've really got to, you know, try and give them the season together to build that combination. Now, to round uh, to round out that um, that spine, Pierre, is that hooking role. Now, in, with all respect, you know, Mitch Rain, he's an experienced campaigner. He's, he's a good player. But the game's changing. You know, you, you, you've got to be explosive. You've got to be fast. You, you've got to be quite dynamic at the dummy half role. That appears to be a significant gap there for the Titans. Um you know, what, what, what's your thoughts on maybe some potential recruits next season? I've heard Brandon Smith's name sort of get floated in and around. Would he be would he be the type of player that, that you think Gold Coast could need going into next year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they definitely need some experience back through the middle. Um, and also, hopefully, as you guys were both saying before, combinations are really important. And maybe he can contribute to that in the sense that he can really come in with some experience, really... Um, help the younger fellas coming through and also just be able to um, help with the combinations through the middle between the halves. Alex, um, you know, if we look at their big signings uh, in David Fafida and Tino Fasul Malawi, we'll start with David. You know, over over the past few rounds, uh, you know, Justin has brought him off the bench as a bit of an impact player. Um, but, you know, how would you, how would you grade his first season of Titans colors. I think he's done well coming off the bench. Um, like as Pierre said earlier in the, in the segment, you know, he is one of those X factor players and he definitely makes an impact when he's needed. Um, that being said, I think it'd be great to see him get more time in the Titans Jersey. I think as a player that, that has the impact that he does, you know, especially if they're playing a weaker side to be able to bring him in for more minutes so we can create even more of an impact and, you know, get a little bit more game time under his belt. I think that'll help, you know, big time. Uh, Pierre, same question, but about Tino, you know, I I thought he was, um, you know, in a Queensland team that wasn't expected to win game three, I thought he was quite impressive in that game. And then he's brought a little bit of form back to the Titans. I think he's been one of their best last couple of weeks, but overall, if you look at his entirety of work, what's your thoughts on his season? Yeah, look, I think he's coming, as you said, as a big signing and he uh, tackles really well, tackles deficient, efficiency is really great. It's at 92%. Average running yards, metres, sorry, is 138. So he's doing quite well and I think for the season to come, I think, um, you know, having him there will just add to the combinations that they need to find in the, in the season to come. And Alex, one of the last players that I wanted to talk about is, you know, given the amount of money that they've put into guys like David and Tino, it's so important that they bring through some of these junior players on, on smaller contracts, such as Toby. But, you know, one one of their juniors that caught my eye this year is uh, was Preston Campbell's um, young fella, Jaden Campbell. Obviously, he just reminds me so much of his uh, old man. You know, he's so electric, but, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, he's probably... You know, probably does need an off season to put on a little bit of size. Do you see him breaking into the team next year, or, or do you think Jaden's development it's going to take a little bit more time? Just because you know, similar to Corey Thompson, he's you know he's a bit of a smaller player. Oh, I think if he can put on the um, the weight, 
you know, quickly over the preseason. And I guess it depends how his preseason goes. If he trains well, if he puts on the weight, then I don't see why he wouldn't be able to slide into that into that side with, with the other Titans. Yeah, look, I, I think given where the Titans have come from, uh, you know, they, they've had quite a few difficult seasons. I think it's an exciting time to be supporting uh, the Titans. I think there's a lot to look forward to, but I think there's just a few crucial decisions that Justin's going to have to make over the next season or two, just to make sure that they move in the right direction. You know, to your point, Alex, it'd be great to see Jaden Campbell explode, you know, have a big off-season, put on some size. You know, if he was able to come in and be dynamic, he, he could come in a fullback, and maybe you're looking at AJ Brimson as a longer-term halves player. You know, you never know. These are the types of things that, you know, the Titans will need, for them, will need to go right for them if they're to sort of compete. All right, guys, well, let's have a bit of a think about our projections for them, um, you know, f- especially for next season. Uh, we'll start with you, Pierre. W- where do you expect the Titans to finish in season 2022? Well, I hope to see them in the top six next year, um, which is an improvement on this year. Um, but I think hopefully, yeah, I- I'm going to say top six. Alex? Yeah, I- I'd like to see him bring it to the top six as well. I think they could be... Um contenders you know next year if they keep up with with the way that they're moving um but yeah definitely in the top six for sure yeah look for me i'm gonna go 10th uh just because i i I just need to see the halves stabilize you know i I think with this club i've seen a lot of swapping and changing and uh yeah i i think you know two halves uh, a halves pairing needs to be selected for the entire season. If they do that, I agree with you guys. Definitely, they're a potential top six side given how much talent they've got in the team. But, you know, if they continue to swap and change and they don't get that right over the off season, I think they may struggle. All right, guys, now it's time for our next segment, The Match, where each week we put two players up against each other, 1v1, to see who comes out on top. And this week's battle... It's a battle of the dummy halves in our game. So, you know, this one's going to be quite interesting. We'll have a look to see who's going to win, whether it's the veteran or the rising star. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Yes, and this week on the match, we have a blockbuster clash with uh, Australian and New South Wales hooker. Damien Cook uh, taking on rising star from Melbourne uh, and Queensland representative Harry Grant. Pierre, I'm going to start with you. Talk to us a little bit about Damien Cook because he has quite an interesting story. You know, for one of the, you know, for one of the elite players in the NRL, things didn't come easy for him as he battled to, I guess, you know, establish himself in the NRL. Yeah, look, um, he's he's a late bloomer. He debuted in 2013. He's no doubtly one of the best hookers that we currently have in the game. But, um, you know, he's he runs hard, he takes it to the line, and he, he plays eyes up footy, which is what I really like about him. He can tackle well. He's got 95% tackle efficiency. Um, and even though he doesn't score often, he's still in and amongst the middle and still trying to uh, make something out of nothing, which I think is something that is really it was just part of his game in terms of playing eyes up footy. He's not, doesn't stick. I mean, doesn't always stick to the game plan, but when things fall apart, he's able to just improvise and just play footy, eyes up footy. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, although a late bloomer, he's done really well for himself. Alex, if, if you think about, you know, you know, different sports, you know, quite often when you, reflect on the best players in the game, you know, typically, you know, a lot of the times that they were the elite junior, they came in, they starred, 
Um, you know, what's your thoughts on, on Damian Cook's, you know, unique uh, experience as he's tried to sort of establish himself in the NRL? Because to Pierre's point, you know, he's battled, he's played for multiple clubs, you know, he had to really, you know, fight his way to establish himself as an NRL hooker. And then he's gone gone on to, in a lot of ways, change, change the way in which we've thought about hookers in the game because he just plays with so much, you know, explosive speed in and around the ruck. Yeah, no, I think he's a he's a very interesting player to watch. You know, defensively, he he can crack that forty tackle mark pretty much most games. Um, he's kind of fell off a little bit in the last kind of couple of weeks, um, but I think you know he's just kind of being you know around. I think a couple of teams and being around for a while. I think he's maybe getting comfortable in kind of his position and his role, um, so he's able to play a little bit more of a, a part within the team and, and allowing others others to shine and come through, which. I think, you know, once you kind of break through and get that starting role and that starting jersey and and you can prove yourself that way, I think then it's kind of leading the way and bringing those younger players in and making them look just as good as you do. And Pierre, when we sort of, you know, analyze some of these top players in the game, you know, we evaluate their, uh, I guess, their value to a side when they're missing. If you take Damian Cook out of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, are they still a premiership contender? No, to be honest, I think he's got such a pivotal role in the team, especially through the middle, that um, I don't think Rabbitohs would play as well as they have been. I think having him there to come out, like he's quick, he can hit hard, and I think missing that through the middle um, is is a it can be a total game changer for the Rabbitohs. Alex, they say thirty's the new twenty, but you know, I guess Damien Cook he's now thirty years of age. Uh, and a lot of his game has been built on that, um, you know, that, that speed through the ruck. You know, uh, I, I think everyone everyone that follows the game knows that he was, you know, quite a successful beach sprinter. You know, that's a bit of a running joke there. But how do you think his game's going to evolve, um, you know, as he sort of moves through the next few years? You know, naturally he may slow, um, slow down a little bit. Are, are there any sort of things in his game that you think he's going to have to develop over the next few years as, as he does slow down? Um, I think it's just kind of keeping up that, that strength that he has, um, you know, as he slow down, as he slows down, um, I think it's going to be important to kind of, you know, utilize those other players around him a bit more. It all depends. You never know, you know, hopefully he, he stays injury free and if he can stay healthy, then I don't see why he still can't be a standout, even if he slows down a bit, because he's still got that strength behind him. And Pierre, one of the things that could... I guess, add some longevity to his career is possibly bringing in, you know, uh, another hooker into the club and sort of maybe reducing his minutes, you know, over, over the next few years. What's your preference, you know, as a player in, in, in rugby league, what's your preference? Do you prefer sort of one 80-minute, uh, I, I guess, dummy half or, or do you prefer to bring in a hooker off the bench for a little bit of impact? Um, to be honest, I think I'm more to uh, – I'm more – towards um, having a hooker start off and then having a second hook come in. And then if you need to, your first string hooker can come back in towards the end of the game just to kind of break it up a little bit because um, as a hooker, as most people would know, they do a lot of work through the middle and they're running at 100%. And not only do they do a lot of work, they're also generally one of the smallest guys out there. So they've got to work twice as hard out there to do the roles of what their medals do. Alex, I guess this happens in, in a lot of players' career, but, you know, Damian Cook, he was the New South Wales hooker. I, I think he's, you know, got that jersey uh, for a little while now. He fought off some competition 
uh, throughout the year from Api Korosau. Uh, but he's also the Australian, uh, you know, test hooker. But, you know, when we think about the match, he's coming up against someone who has really just hit the NRL by storm um, in, in Harry Grant, which we'll talk about in a second. But for Damian Cook, wh- what, is it, what does it mean when someone comes in and, and, and throws down the challenge? You know, like Harry, he, he, he's coming. He's coming quick and he's trying to take Damian Cook's test jersey. What do you think that's going to do for Damien over the next uh, season or two? Oh, I think he's probably got another gear for maybe another uh, a year or two. I, I think it, it's going to come down to kind of the way these young guns are playing. You know, can these vet players adjust their playing style or do eventually you kind of have to step back and go, okay, now it's it's somebody else's turn to take the reins. I've done all I can in this role. But, yeah, it's going to come down to see if if he can adjust his playing style. Pierre, speaking of Harry Grant, let's talk about him now because he is the contender in tonight's match against Damian Cook. Talk to us a little bit about his impact so far in the NRL and how he's taken, I guess, the competition by storm. Yeah, look, like you were saying before, he's a young fella, so he's um, still young. He's had a breakout season in 2020. Um, so he was on loan to the Tigers, but now he's back with the storm. Yeah, he attacks the line hard. He excels when the platform of play has been laid for him. He's a big player kind of guy. Yeah, he's done pretty well for his age. I think, um, you know, with uh, experience and that I think he'll be one of the contenders, I guess, for the number nine jersey. So I think he's got um, quite a long way to go or get to before he's considered the next Cameron Smith, I guess you could say. Alex, you know, some players participate in the NRL, which is no easy feat. And what I mean by that is they go out there and they do their job, um, which is, you know, uh, you know, still very, very impressive. You know, only a very, very small percentage of uh, of athletes can can sort of do that in in the in the in I guess the world's you know number one competition. But then you've got players that can sort of come in and impact a game, and we've seen Harry do that for the Melbourne Storm, but also at the representative level. Talk to us about how these rare athletes are able to sort of come into a game and just turn it on its head. You know, Harry Grant is coming onto the field and he's impacting the result of these games. People knowing their jobs, right? So when when you're a bench player, you're coming off the bench, you know your role is to keep the standard of play high. You know that your fresh leg's coming on and you're the one to make the impact. Some players can rise to that occasion and some players can fall to that occasion. And Harry Grant is one of those players where when he comes off the bench, he is extremely impactful. Yeah, no sitting on the fence when it comes to the match. We've got to pick who is the better hooker in the game at the moment. I mean, you know, we, we've picked two of the best in the competition. Uh, but but who, who are you going to go with here, uh, Damian Cook or Harry Grant? Um, I'm going to go with Damian Cook, just purely based on experience, what he brings to the game, the pivotal role that he has in the Rabbitohs. Um, based on those three points, I'm definitely sticking to Damian Cook. Alex? Yeah, I think i got to go with Damian Cook. You know, you, you, you've got the vet in him, and he's got experience under his belt, and I and I think he's a he's a great player to watch, and he's he's such an impactful player for the Rabbitohs. Yeah, look, I think it's one of our first clean sweeps on the match. I've got to go with Damian Cook as well, but it's more – I think Harry Grant uh, can get there, but I just don't think he's quite there. One of the things that concerns me about Harry is his injuries, uh, particularly some of the ongoing hamstring injuries that he's had. You know, that's something that he's really going to have to address, you know, if, he, if he's going to be the, the top hooker in the game. And I think 
The other thing is, um, you know, obviously this this sharing of minutes with Brandon Smith at the Storm, you know, I think if Harry wants to be the, the number one player in the game, I think he does have to play 80 minutes and show that he can sort of, you know, play at that high intensity for a full game, which is what Damien Cook has done for, for quite a few seasons. So, you know, for Harry... Um, you know, I'm expecting a really strong finish to the season. Um, hopefully has another really strong preseason, can get these injuries under control. Uh, the Melbourne Storm can figure out this uh, the, the, this dummy half position and he can play more minutes. But, yeah, look, Damien Cook for me, but it's certainly a battle. And, and um, Alex, to your point earlier, um, he's going to have to find another gear to keep Harry at bay if he wants to hold onto that test jersey over the next few seasons. All right, guys, uh, to round out the show, uh, it's time for Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, closing time on tonight's episode. But uh, on Rapid Fire, we're going to do everything uh, nice and quick. And, and tonight we're going to talk about... Uh, what players have caught our eye from our own teams? And I'm going to start with you, Pierre. Uh, you, you're supporting, uh, obviously, the, the Manly Warringah Seagulls. They are having some season. I, I guess you could have picked uh, any one of their, their 17 or, the, or their 30 rostered players, but is there a particular player that's caught your eye? Um, I'm going to call out Jason Saab, the right winger. I think he's had, um, just watching his last game, um, he's just had a fabulous tremendous um, game, but also last couple of games we've been watching him closely. And Pierre, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but uh, is he the fastest in the game? That's what everyone wants to know. You know, he, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about who's quicker between him and Josh Adokar. What's your thoughts? Oh. Because that, that, intercept, that intercept that he took last weekend, he, he, is, he is electric. I think, I, I honestly think he could be, he could just tip off um at Okar, like I, he's he's quite quick. I didn't realize how quick he was until that interception, and after that, I was thinking, oh my, I just yeah, I no, think it, he could definitely tip um, at Okar off. And it, and it makes you wonder how the Dragons uh, were able to let him go. But no, Jason definitely. Yeah, definitely could be one of the fastest in the game. And I, I think we need to sort of sort out some sort of off-season tournament to sort of look at a few of these things because, um, yeah, wouldn't it be great to see him, um, yeah, uh, one-on-one v, v Josh Adokar. And there's, there's a few other players in the competition as well that I think would like to uh, test themselves out there. Alex, um, you're a big supporter of the Sydney Roosters. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess similar to Manly, they've had a, a very impressive season given all the injuries that they have incurred. Is there a particular player that's caught your eye? Oh, I got to go with Joseph Miner. I mean, you you watched him the last five weeks. He's scored at least one try in the last five. You know, he's he's gotten an, at least in the last five games, in the last four out of the five, he's had over 200 running meters. So I think he's just someone that is just kind of, you know, he's been on the scene for a while. He had a little bit of a, a slow start to the season, but the last, I think since about round 12, he's kind of just, exploded and he's been consistent for the Roosters and I think that's been key in a team that's had so many injuries to have those types of players be consistent now going into the kind of final weeks of the season is key and so he's been a standout for me. Definitely agree with you Alex. I think just watching him over the last couple of weeks has besides Sadesco and the big names he's definitely someone that's just popped out for me like Roosters are my second team but definitely Manu 100% the next player to watch out for. 
Definitely. Alex, you're very wise. You give out a lot of uh, good uh, life advice. You know, I've called on you a few times. But uh, into, if you were to offer career advice to Joseph Manu, so, you know, he's uh, he's not going to get that fullback jersey anytime soon. He's sitting behind James Tedesco. But what would your career advice be to Joey? Um, should he stick with the Roosters in the centres or should he go off and either one, try and be a starting fullback somewhere else, or, you know, obviously there's whispers that the All Blacks are kind of interested in him. What career advice would you give Joey at this point in time? I think he's a play, like he's played at center, he's played at fullback, he's played at winger, he's played at 5'8". So I think he's a player that you can kind of put in different positions and he'll exceed, you know. He's, he's done well out at wing and he's done well at center. So I, I don't know, I'd keep with – I tell him to stay with a team that trusts him, stay with a team that ha- has – you know, put some faith in him going, hey, um, so I would just say stick stick with the Roosters. It's going to be interesting to see the culture that Robinson has built because, you know, if Joey turns down the, the, this big money that's headed his way to, to stick in the centres there for the Roosters, that is that is some club that, uh, that Trent has built there, absolutely. Uh, look, in terms of my team, so the Newcastle Knights, we are, you know, I, I'm, it's just all nervous energy in and around the Hunter at the moment as we battle it out for that eighth position I, th- I think uh, in recent years we've sort of been here a few times so uh, Knights fans are getting used to it but for me in terms of a player that's caught my eye I think it would have to be Jake Clifford uh, the new 5'8 that's come down from North Queensland I, I had I had some concerns with him coming in um, you know I, I guess sort of mid-season more just I, I think it's very very difficult for a team to come into such an important role in the team and perform straight away without an off-season. You know, I think, you know, sometimes people just think that a player can just pick up and just jump into a team and and succeed. That's definitely not the case. So for me, I was a little bit concerned that um, that may knock around his confidence or we wouldn't be able to get the best out of him, you know, uh, next season, um, you know, just dropping him in. But I've been quite impressed with Jake. I think he's done really, really well, especially in the Knights system, which appears cursed at the moment because we just cannot... Alex, we just cannot put together a spine that stays together. I think our spines played together once, you know, in, in, in over 12 months. It's um, It's been very, very frustrating. But, yeah, look, I, I like what I see from Jake. He's, he's, his kicking game looks really, really impressive. And he's a big player, you know. He's, for, for a half, he's six foot, 95 kilos. And, um, yeah, if we can just try and keep everyone fit and healthy, I think um, I think he's a, he's a really important buyer for Newcastle moving into next season all the time we have for just wanted to thank the panel my amazing panel the best panel in the business for um, joining in again and talking all things NRL to our listeners we hope you enjoyed uh, this episode if you did please download subscribe and jump on social media we're available on all platforms please like comment um, and send us through some feedback we really do appreciate that um, until next time we'll see you next week You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.